0: Acts, Acts chapter 20, and I'm going to start reading at verse 7, and I'm going to read to verse 12, and upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, continued his speech until midnight, I'm not going to do that today. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. And there, sat in a window, a certain young man named Uticus fell into a deep sleep. Because Paul was long-winded preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him said, trouble not yourselves for his life is in him. When he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and and started eating and talked a long while even to the break of day, so he departed and they brought the young man alive and they were having a fit. Oh, and we're not a little. I have my own Gretna version and they were not a little comforted. Share this topic with the person beside you and tell them we all take turns. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. To be Pentecostal means to love the book of Acts. You know, the Old Testament books of history is the history of God's chosen people, Israel. But the New Testament book of history is the book of Acts, which is the history of the Lord's church. We see the cradle and the birthing of this New Testament organism called the Ecclesia, the called out ones, the assembly of believers of the way. They were not considering that they were starting a new religion. They believed that they were the committed followers of Judaism. Because in Judaism there is the promise of a coming Messiah. So Judaism is not anti-messianic. They just missed the fact that what they had waited on and prayed for has now come. When we're in uh, Israel and we're on the Western Wall and you're watching the shuckling of prayer. Now, if y'all see sometime how we pray in church and you see us start going like this, I, I grew up all of my life watching the old saints praying like this. Oh, Jesus. We give you glory, Lord. Oh, come by here, Jesus. What was so amazing to me is that when I went to Israel, I watched the men wrapped in their prayer shawls, And I'm like, y'all sanctified too? <laughs> y'all come from the same church I came from? Because <laughs> they were rocking back and forth and it's called shuckling. It's an ancient art of prayer. It's when you find the rhythm of prayer. It's when you find the cadence. It ain't about your words as much as about your posture. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Help, Lord, help, Lord. <laughs> shuckling. Shuckling. And so I'm on this Western Wall praying alongside with a few other Christians, but mostly it's Jews, Orthodox Jews, the people of the Torah. And they are shuckling and praying. And the truth is our prayers are almost similar. Almost similar. Because they're beside me praying Come Messiah, rebuild the temple. Come Messiah and conquer the land. Come Messiah. And I'm beside them saying, Come again Messiah. Oh, come again Messiah. See, the early church never considered that they were building a new religion. They had the revelation of Judaism. And so we see this church being birthed. They were still going to synagogue. They were still keeping Sabbath. Until something happened on the day of Pentecost. Now we said day of Pentecost in our minds is something that happened only once but no Pentecost was something they had always celebrated after Passover. It's the harvest that comes after Passover. I'm going to say it again and I already know that this is only going to be my introduction. It always happens. Passover comes first and after Passover comes what? Pentecost, harvest. What comes first? Passover and after Passover comes what? Pentecost. Pentecost is harvest. And so in other words there is a sacrifice a Passover which is a seed and after a seed is planted there comes a harvest. Around AD 33 there was a different kind of Passover that happened where Jesus became the Passover lamb. And when he was the Passover lamb that became the sacrifice and the seed, if this Passover is different, that means this Pentecost has to be different. And when Pentecost came, Pentecost is harvest. And on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit of God came, 3,000 were added. See, when the law of Moses came in the Torah, when the law came down, And the tablets came, 3,000 died. Because the law killeth, but the spirit gives life. When the spirit came, 3,000 were added. I need you to tell your neighbor the Holy Ghost brings life. (laughs) you haven't started living until you've experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost you don't see color real color until you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost you read the scriptures different after you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost your worship is different hallelujah Y'all, I know you worship now but if you ever receive the pneuma the breath of God if you ever come out of the natural into the supernatural Everything is different And because of the Holy Ghost you start seeing all of this these major supernatural miracles and happening in the book of Acts and our Bible scholars have labeled this book the Acts of the Apostles But Gary Booker, I believe the more proper Label of this book is not the Acts of the Apostles, but the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles Because God truly does use men. But we shall forever be reminded that it's not the men that perform the miracles. It's the God of the men. What can you do without God? Hallelujah. What miracle can you perform without God? So it's the acts of the Holy Spirit in there. And they're walking out this great commission. Hallelujah. They're walking it out. Because after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, according to Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will have power, which is influence in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. But of course, if the Holy Spirit falls in Jerusalem, I'm going to stay right here in Jerusalem, right? So God has to send persecution to move them out of their comfort. God has to send persecution to move them out their comfort. God has to send persecution. Because some of you would have never moved out of your comfort unless God sent persecution. Growth never comes from a posture of comfortability. It only comes from a place of being challenged. I need you to look at your neighbor, and tell your neighbor, God sent the persecution. God sent the trouble. God sent the test. God sent the challenge. Because if God didn't send it, you'll still be where God was instead of where God is. It was God. God allowed persecution to come because they were staying in Jerusalem when the assignment was Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. God raises up another apostle. He does. Now, He won't with them when they were riding around on the Sea of Galilee with Jesus. He won't with them when Jesus was multiplying fish and bread. As a matter of fact, he was the least likely to ever become an apostle or a sent one of Christ. Hallelujah. But I need you to lay hands on yourself and tell yourself you don't get to choose who God is going to use. Even when that person is you. He's the least. He's, he's the least. Not because he's lacking in education. His academic prowess is second to none. It's not because he's not religious. He's very religious. He studied under Gamaliel, the greatest professor of that day of the Torah. Yes. Not because he was lazy. Because... According to the scripture, he was very zealous. The only issue is, he was strong but wrong. Did you know you can be very zealous and passionate, but in the wrong direction? Oh my goodness. Did you hear what I said? You can, just because you loud don't make your argument right. Just because you know how to put your words together does not make what you're saying legitimate. He's serious he's passionate he's religious but he's wrong least likely likely to be an apostle of Christians you know why he's a persecutor of Christians he's a persecutor to the point when God finds him and he has a collision with God he's on his way doing something wrong And I know what y'all want to say. I'm so glad how God started working with me when I started coming to church. When I started singing in the choir, he really started dealing with me. I started surrendering to God when I started paying my tithe. But if you really traced that thing back? God was working on you before you came to church. God was working on you before you start giving your tithe and an offering. He was making ways for you even when you weren't even acknowledging him. I'm going to say something a little controversial, but Robert, I'm going to stand by. Some of y'all were drunk and God was talking to you. Some of y'all were high smoking weed. You know what? I just need to give myself back to God. I just need to go back to church. Some of you were on your way repenting. God With me in some unlikely places. I'm talking about the times you were in the wrong bed and you were laying there looking up at the ceiling saying, God, it's got to be something better than this. Because even after all of that sex and sin, I still feel a void. I still feel empty. It still doesn't satisfy. Y'all get up off of me looking spooky and spiritual in here and be honest and tell somebody, I've been there. I want to tell you as much as you think God is, He's never been intimidated by your journey. As a matter of fact, Saul is on his way to do the wrong thing, and God calls him on his way. On his way God calls him and doesn't just call him there's no vague calling with him he says Saul Saul because he does know your name because how many of y'all have ever thought that maybe God missed it when it came to you or maybe you missed it when it came to God But when you look back over the pattern, when you look back over the tapestry and the navigation of it, you say, I could have never made those things up. I could have never put those things together. I could have never fixed it when my path crossed with the person that my paths crossed with when it did. Because if it was a normal day, I would have never been in that place. And I would have never ran into that person. It has to be God. Ain't no way you would have told me I would have been at some ramp church three years ago. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> On my way, doing wrong, and he says, Saul, Saul, why have you, why are you persecute me? Hold on, why is that sound coming out of heaven? Because I'm obeying God. I got to go kill these Christians. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Me? Who are you? I am Christ who you're persecuting. He said, Saul, you're going to learn. It's hard to kick against the prick. Let me explain that. Let me explain that. An animal, an oxen, which is a beast of burden, they would take a stick that has a sharp end and they would put it at the back of the leg of that oxen to keep it going forward. If the oxen kicks back, it actually works against the oxen. It inflicts pain. In other words, it's more pain to pull back than it is to go forward. And he says, You're gonna learn surrender is better. You're gonna learn obedience is better. Y'all talk to me in this section because God is talking to you. You're going to learn doing it his way is better. I know you're saying living for God is hard, but you're gonna find out, but living wrong is even harder the way of the transgressor is hard. There's a way that seemed right unto man but the end thereof is destruction. Ow. 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 Every time you try to kick back it causes more pain. God uses Paul. Paul surrenders. Now, now Paul had a genuine moment with God and Still had to go to another man. I mean He says he said Paul go on to Damascus where you were going, but as a prophet there you're gonna need So you can get filled with the Holy Ghost and you get instructions for what's next now if many of us would have had a Paul experience Ananias ain't had my experience You want me to go to him? No, I didn't hurt God. And that's all I need. But you want to learn in life. You don't just need God. You need God in somebody. Even when we needed salvation, we needed God in a body. You're going to need God in some somebody. And so... He's called by God. All right, I'm closing out now. Thank y'all. Thank you, Crystal. You're helping me close out now. <laughs> At the, God is using him greatly. The only challenge is Paul ends up in a very complicated place. And I'm going to tell you what his complication is. You thought everybody would be excited for him, but they're really not. Not everybody. Everybody. I mean, somebody is. I mean, Barnabas is like, yeah, Paul. And some of them are like. Now, why is it complicated? Because now Paul is not churchy enough for the church people. But he's too redeemed for the street people. He's too much of a believer of Christ to be accepted among those who are committed to the Torah. But the Christians are too easily reminded. Ain't this the same one that was killing people like us? Ain't this the same? I'm telling y'all, it is so hard to outlive what people know about you. It's hard to minister to family members, to the community you grew up in to the church you grew up in you can go somewhere else and be a mighty wonder but as long as you're around people who you grew up with they have a tendency to keep you in the frame of the picture they took of you 10 years ago tell your neighbor that's what i did but that's not who i am i don't care if it was last week is my past So Paul is an apostle. And so one, in one scripture, he's like, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. And the next scripture like, I'm the least of the apostles. He's going through his only inward conflict. One moment he's defending himself and the next moment he's just taking it. Because what they said about him is true. And so he found out that his assignment is not to those who are still questioning his authority. <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> his See, some of us are trying to force ourselves into circles that God has not assigned us to. I'm going to go D.C. I got to go to D.C. Some of us are trying to be accepted by people we were never called to be with. And the quicker you learn that, the quicker you're going to find your place. He's so busy trying to get in with the Judaizers when he found out. I am an apostle but I'm an apostle to the to the Gentiles I've been called to the folk that don't know the Decalogue they don't know Midrash rabbinical literature and tradition they don't know when you're supposed to stand when you're supposed to sit they don't know all the protocol and who to call and what color you're supposed to wear what Sunday, what day I've been called to them I can still smell sin on them but I've been called to them. Wow. I said all it to say that, say this. It allows you to understand Paul's posture in Acts chapter 20. <laughs> See, sometimes we looking at people's movements, and we don't understand their movements until you know their story. Paul is preaching and he's traveling everywhere. But because he knows what's to come in his life, he don't know how long he has. And people who don't know how long they have, they move intentionally. He's been to Philippi, now he's into Troas. And while he's there, he is preaching long. Now why is he preaching long? Not because he likes to hear himself talk. He doesn't know if he'll ever come back to here again. So I gotta give you everything I and the little stove front church is meeting on the top floor of a building they in church and it's late but as long as they're sitting Paul is still pouring have you ever wondered how some people get more out of a service than others (laughs) hallelujah because everybody who's seated is not sitting I saw saw an illustration at one time about this little boy. Mama said, you better sit down. And he's like, no. She said, you better sit down. And he sat down. He said, but I'm still standing up on the inside. Just because you're physically here don't mean you're mentally here. Just because you're sitting don't mean you're aware of what's going on. And as long as they were sitting in expectation and desire, he was pouring into them. The Bible says one awkward scripture, if y'all read it, a whole scripture took the time to say it was a whole bunch of lights. Yeah. One scripture. Did y'all read that? It's a whole, it was a whole bunch of lights in the room. Now I'm going to tell you there are no random scriptures. Why are you bringing up the fact there's a whole lot of lights in the room? Because a whole lot of lights produces more heat. And it will make you understand why Eutychus, a young man, would sit in the window because the room was getting too hot. I need to be here but it's getting hot. I need to stay but it's getting uncomfortable. And it started making him stay in church but living on the fringes. I'm staying serving but I'm living on the edge. Because it's too hot. It's too It's too hot. And the Bible said while he's sitting there trying to stay awake, he falls out of the third floor dead. Now, I've had conversations with people about this. They brought up the history of mortuary science. Now, Oterio, I know you're studying to be a mortician. And as you read mortuary history, you'll find out that even in the U.S. there were times where people attached a string to the finger of the deceased with the bail on top of the ground just in case. What do you mean just in case? Because historically, people could get buried alive. Why? Because without the medicine and the science and the technology we have t- today, sometimes their heartbeat could be so low that they could not hear it and people will be accidentally buried before they're really dead. I wonder how many people have church people buried before they were really dead. How many, I wonder how many people with our tongues have we buried when they still have the potential to recover. I wonder how many people have had to live with dirt on them. But I believe he was actually dead. I'm gonna tell you why. Matthew is, is uh, giving credit for writing the book of Matthew. Now Matthew was a tax collector. The rest of them were fishermen. But the book of Acts is written By Luke. And Luke is a physician. And he know what dead people look like. And right, right when, right when they are ready to bury him. Paul stops what he's doing and says, hold up. There's life still left in him. Paul lays his body on him it's called resuscitation it's called CPR I pray you got somebody close enough to you in life that once you've fallen that they'll be able to lay on you and the life on them will be transferred to your life oh, what, what, what's the whole point of this message bishop this is not just a message about another miracle This is a message about from the time of the birthing of the church until the coming of the Lord, people are going to fall. And we know how to handle sinners when they come to church. And we know how to handle those sinners who don't know Jesus and they say, my life is a wreck and I've made a mess out of everything and we give them compassion and we give them mercy and we tell them God is a forgiving God. But what about the wounded warriors? How do you handle that? Because Eutychus was not somebody from the street. Eutychus was in church and in a high place. He fell in church. And so many people in our church culture, they keep their sins in darkness. They keep keeping their sins in darkness and sin only festers in darkness. It gets deeper in darkness because we've learned how to be professional fakers. We have learned to cover up our stuff because we don't know how we're going to be handled if we ever be honest with, I'm in here but it's too hot. I'm in here but I'm tired. I'm in here but I'm sleeping. I'm in here. Maybe he wouldn't have failed if he could just be honest about where he was, he was young. And that was one of my biggest challenges. I'm sorry you all that I want to apologize that I went over the time I did say I was going to end uh, 15 minutes ago I really felt the leading of the Lord to say what I'm saying and I'm really I'm going to close out but you better hear what I'm saying because if you ever walk with God and as long as you be in the flesh there's potential for you to be who you because is in this text I need you to look at your neighbor tell your neighbor we all take turns you gotta be careful how you handle people when they fall yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm not preaching this because something has happened with somebody in this church I'm not preaching this because something has happened with me, I'm preaching this because this is what God tells me to say because so many people walk away not because they don't love God but because they feel like walking with God in this church system is unobtainable yes sir If I can't do it right, I'm not going to do it at all. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be fake. But I want you to know it's not just grace for the sinner, there's also grace for the saints. Stay in the church. Stay in the church. You got a better chance in the church than you have in the street. Stay in the church. You are cleansed by the word. Hallelujah. Yeah. I need you to look at your neighbor tell your neighbor, I needed this word. I needed to know that God is not intimidated with my journey. I need to know that God is not intimidated with my sin. Where sin abound, grace much more abound. He failed. Yeah, Eutychus failed. But let me tell you something else that happened with Eutychus. He recovered. He He was a young man. He was a young man. I thought when I got the Holy Ghost when I was 12, that was it. No, for real. I was disappointed when I found out that although I had experienced something supernatural, I was still human. I was disappointed that I have a treasure, but it's in a earthen vessel. But I'm standing now from the age of 12 to 40 something. And I'm not standing here because I did everything right. I'm not standing here because I dotted every I and crossed every T. I'm standing here because there were moments I was sitting in church and I was drowning in my stuff and I was thinking about running away and God used somebody to come over and says hey how you doing and they would go to hug me and then they start rubbing my back in circles they didn't ask me no questions but they start stirring the gift of God that was in me I'm standing here. Because the moments I sat in a church service trying to hide, and I says, I'm not uh, I'm not worthy of this. I'm not called. And if I was called, I'd have messed it up. And God will use somebody and say, Hey, you right there. Stand up. God said He's about to use you and send you to the nations. And I'm like, listen, this is the last thing. No, not me. Isn't that something when you're looking for punishment? And instead of punishment, Hallelujah. And there's something in your life when you're waiting for death and destruction. And then he says to you, I know the plans I have towards you. Plans of peace and not of evil to bring you to an expectancy. Hey, this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.